Get ready for Team Golf Live Golf Style. Got the 2023 Team Championship, October 20 through 22. This is the finale to the regular season on the Live Golf Tour. Uh, we've got match play, stroke play, nonstop action. The electric ending to the season takes place at the iconic Blue Monster Course at Trump National Doral Golf Club in Miami. Of course, used to host the PGA Tour for many, many decades before. Uh, this is the event where, you know, the four aces are the defending champs. Of course, there'll be a lot of teams trying to knock them off. Um, you had the individual stuff all settled last week, but this is the big team event to finish off the season on the live tour um enjoy all the action live find out the best place to watch here if you miss the action live no worries catch the thrilling highlights on demand after each round right here on youtube uh, don't miss a minute you can tune in on the cw app from 1 p.m eastern on october 20th and on the cw or the cw app on october 21st and 22nd I was like, I'm, I have to like actually do my job at some point this week. So I'm going to work on Friday. And then at 11, my dad goes, need one, 1220. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's not in our DNA to say no to Baltusrol. I was eating lunch in the next 20 minutes over at Baltusrol. It was amazing. Nice, yeah. nice. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy and Christopher Powers. Got a jam-packed episode this week. Uh, we're talking to defending world long drive champion Martin Bordmeyer, talking to PGA Tour player uh, Dylan Wu. Uh, we'll talk some, you know, Lexi stuff. Obviously, Tom Kim, Brooks, big wins all around. We got the Sites Cup. We got a wrap-up from Golf Digest. So just a lot going on. Uh, should be a, a fun episode. Uh, but first, let's start with Tom Kim, because obviously, uh, you know, we all know about him winning. But, you know, it was a tough day for me, Steve, and I know you, because we love Tom Kim, but we also had bets on Adam Hadwin. And, um, of course, you know, at least Hadwin gave us some excitement. We had a good sweat there. But uh, that was tough. That finish for Hadwin, he's sitting in perfect position on the par five, and he he dumps <sighs> six iron into the water. I know we were both running around. It was tough to watch, but we happened to turn it on right before that. He lips out for eagle after he drove a par four. He had a chance to get the, the lead. And then again, perfect position on the par five. Reminisce, I had Victor Hovland flashbacks. Yes, I was course, just going to say the same thing. Right. The nine iron chunked into the water at Bay Hill on a par five. It's yeah. like the, the only iron the guy has mishit all year. Of course, it's when we're riding him. So tough finish for us. We were close to a big dip payday. I'm sorry. I'm the one who brought you down, Steve, because you've been red hot. And I tried to jump on your bandwagon and I crashed it for both of us, unfortunately. No, it's two straight weeks of heartbreak. So that's um, true. You have two in a row. Yeah. Very, very used to it. Um, and as you said, I'm conflicted because uh, Tank, Thomas the Tank Engine, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm a huge fan of. TK. So, um, you know, good for him. Shitty for us. Also had Eric Cole also had JT Poston. So wow. You know, had the had board. Three of the top six, but Jeez. you get good guts for that. So, um, yeah, good for Tom Kim. Just another heartbreak. Yeah. Good for Tom Kim. I mean, CP, obviously we talked a lot about Kim, uh, but he's still now, even a year later, you know, his post round 
interview, he kind of said it's been a humbling year for him. Because, you know, at this time last year, he wins and we're like, oh, I mean, Tiger Woods is one, you know, or whatever. He's the last person since Tiger to win twice before age 21 and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And of course, the year goes by. He doesn't win. Not that he had a terrible year by any stretch of the imagination, but when you're 20 and you win that quickly, I think you just expect to win. And he said, you know, it's been a humbling year. It was it was tough. Um, but now he gets back in the winner's circle. I mean, I think it's pretty big to not go an entire year without winning. I mean, we see guys do that, all, you know, do that all the time. I mean, whether it's Colin Morikawa now hasn't won in almost two years. I mean, it's just so hard to win. So for him to get a win this year, how big was that for him to kind of keep Thomas the train rolling? Yeah, and you mentioned it. We kind of like crowned him. We we chew right. these guys up and and spit them out uh, pretty pretty quickly here. Um, so. Yeah, he probably obviously that's how he felt, you know, over the last year. I'm not doing what everyone said I was going to do. People were comparing me to Tiger. So I'm right. sure it got to him. He's on social media. He sees it. So um, definitely I, I couldn't believe he won because all we heard about Ryder Cup week was, oh, the American team. They had they had no reps. They were so rusty. He hadn't played since the tour, uh, the tour championship, I think. Right. And then he just showed up in, in Europe. He did course. play. Yeah, had some good finishes too. Okay, yeah. So, but still, it's like, yeah, that's all we heard about, and he kind of just shows up and and defends his title. So, yeah, good for him. Good for good for Thomas the Tank. I'm guessing, you know, the comparisons to Tiger are always going to be there when you do stuff like that. But I'm going to compare his victory celebration in Vegas versus Tiger winning his maiden title in Vegas. Uh, there's the famous picture of him with the showgirls and the big check and everything. I'm going to guess Tiger partied it up a little more than Thomas because <laughs> uh, he said his big thing was he was going to finish a chocolate bar, which, I, again, I'm the biggest chocolate lover. I'm the biggest fast food guy, so I love Thomas. I'd love to party with him. I don't need to go out or anything. But it just the fact that it wasn't even like a full chocolate bar, he had to finish it. Like, <laughs> talk about the discipline. He might be the most disciplined 21-year-old and then he's got a 3 a.m. wake up call to fly home. He's like, I got to get to bed early. I mean, that's like you're going, I mean, Vegas, you know, you're not asleep by 3 a.m. So like that, it's a, he wouldn't just roll to the airport, Steve. I mean, this very guy, un, very untiger like, yeah. it kind of makes sense that him and Scheffler are boys. Yes. Scotty would do the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go get a nice steak and then just go to sleep. Like, <laughs> Tom Kim fits right in with him. So yeah, I respect it. You got to be disciplined like that. Um, but yeah, different times. Tiger would, would have definitely enjoyed himself. Uh, but Tom Kim, yeah, he, he's a winner. So he gets it. No, it's funny because you mentioned Scheffler because they posted when they both had their birthdays. In, I guess it was in April. Tom Kim turned 21. So, I mean, that's a big birthday. It's not like 23 or 27. And it's a picture of them with that sparkler candle. And they're like, oh, and it's like with like, like some chocolate chip cookie. I mean, they look great, whatever they were scones, cookies, but it's like, they weren't exactly, you know, going nuts. Uh, they weren't out at the bars till all hours of the night. So we, we knew this was how he rolls, but again, good for him. Uh, you know, he, he wants to keep on rolling. He wants to keep racking up the wins. He's still the only guy uh, 21 or under to have three tour wins since tiger so he's still on an incredible pace so not even speed or jt or any of those other guys have done that have won three tournaments that quickly um and you know it's funny because we all got caught up rightfully so in the, the ludwig obert 
talk, but I'm assuming he's older than Tom Kim. And, you know, he like just burst onto the scene. So that's just, let me look this up. Yeah, he's 23. Tom Kim's 21. And we're talking, you know, it's like, 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 don't forget about Tom Kim, guys. I mean, he's, he's the prodigy right now. That's the guy. So um, speaking of prodigies, former prodigies, Lexi Thompson uh, obviously makes her PJ tour debut in Vegas. I got to say, I tuned in on Friday because she was going nuts. Pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. Pretty electric. She went five under over a nine or 10 hole span to get to within the cut line. I mean, it looked like she was going to make the cut and then couple late bogeys and the cut line ended up moving. So she, I know she missed it by a couple, but um, and she missed a six footer for birdie on the last hole after she, she knew she needed to chip in for Eagle. So she probably, you know, the head wasn't in it right there. Still 69 and the second round um, doesn't become the first player since babe Didrikson to Harris in 1945 to make a PGA tour cut, but she did a lot better than just about everyone else. Um, I was impressed, guys. I mean, kudos to wildly, Lester. yeah, wildly yeah. impressed. I mean, we did all say it. We said if anyone could do yes. it from the LPJ, it's her because of how far she yes. hits the ball. These guys play. I know they make a mockery of these courses, but they're still playing them at ridiculous distances right. to to combat how far they're hitting it. So um, you got to be able to hit it three hundred plus to even hang anymore, and she can do that. So. But to to shoot sixty nine to be four under through whatever she was, I, I remember um, checking it on Friday and being like, "Oh my God, she's actually like well inside the cut line," and and as he said, kind of faded. So just to have a chance on Friday, I was stunned. I thought it was easily, you know, we see these. She's not Stephen Curry, but you see those people come over to the tour and try and hang, and they shoot seventy eight, eighty two, and. You're kind of done with right. them on Friday. This is obviously very different. She's a legit golfer, but I was expecting 75, 76, and then just yeah. kind of fade away on Friday. So for her to hang in and have a legit shot was very cool. I think a lot of people were paying attention to it. So it was a successful, uh, whatever um, Peter Malnati called it. And then, yeah. and then uh, he, 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 Peter Malnati, <laughs> by the way, I, I, I like saw that. I was like, I'm not even going to touch this. I know no. we're doing a post. The muck. If you watch the video, Peter, he Mark it was like all one Greg sentence. Godfrey, he Mr. Yeah. Muckraker himself has uh, to drag uh, Peter Malnati's good name through the, through the dirt. One of the best guys on one tour. of the best guys on tour. <laughs> That's what they say, and and he yeah he was just like kind of like talking out the whole thing, and he knew as soon as he said ah, whatever. Anyway, you're right. What it the- was not. It clearly turned out to not be a gimmick though is the word that he used and not to and i think we were all cool with it as well and yeah she really held up well she beat a bunch i mean claire had had a great tweet about all the guys she she oh, beat sure you know there was major champions on jimmy walker yeah. was on the the list she was um beating those guys pretty badly so and by far the biggest cr- crowds of the you know the whole week oh yeah you know great great for the shriners to do that um you know that that cut sweat was real i'm glad i did Jeez, was, tough day for Stevie today. I mean, we had to wait for the internet that's, to get fixed. That's not even my Wi-Fi. That's just me oh, having it. Choked up about Lexi, or it's, it's emotional. You know, <laughs> if I had put um, my mortgage on Lexi to miss the cut, which I said I 
might have considered doing. Um, it would have been emotional. That so would have been appropriate. Wow, can you imagine the sweat? Yeah. Oh my no. god. Was, what no. was it? Minus five, minus fifty thousand. <laughs> he always provides a sweat, no matter what. Solheim Cup, Steve sweated her. I had her at Olympic a few oh, years ago. God, oh, I had her at Charleston when I, she's always she provides a, a, a quality gambling sweat every All single time. time. You got yeah. you gotta hand it to her. Yeah, you're right. Um, I will say, I want to say one thing, it might be controversial, kind of like my wee biggest bus ever. <laughs> it's kind of similar. You watch this and you're like, how does she not how win does she have, Right? How does she only have one and 11 wins even? It's, it's one of those. Yeah. That's one of those. You can't say that out loud. Things. And, and the it's one time, exactly. Really crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to risk saying it out loud here because I remember the one time she won, it was electric. It was her playing against Wee in the fight in the final group at the uh, at the now now it's the Chevron, obviously. And she was Wee was a long hitter. Lexi was hitting three wood past Wee's drive, easily right past Wee's driver easily. And I was just like, she has another gear that these other women just don't have. And and you know she made the U.S. Open when she was twelve. She won a tour event when she was 16. I know Lydia Ko kind of came along after and maybe one-upped her with some of these age, but like she was a phenom. And it's not like she faded out. She's been around. She's had a great career. She, sh she should be given credit for that. I know I've said that yes. before. That's also yes. controversial. But like no, these women, right. these girls come up, they they go crazy for a few years. They kind of fade away quickly. Lexi is has been around around forever and doesn't seem to be going years. anywhere obviously right. she, she contends in like a major a year she could yeah. easily have five or six major well, yeah just, just at the u.s open alone she's had all these heartbreaks and then oh, of course yeah. the four stroke penalty at at the at the anwa but no yet. i mean it just blows my mind that she has a one more majors and by i'm going to take it to the next step here <laughs> it's kind of crazy i hate to say it the three biggest women names of our lifetime, at least since we've been following, are Michelle Wee, Lexi Thompson, and Paula Creamer. And they each have one major. And if you, I'm sorry. And, we'll and they play five of them every we'll, year too. Right, exactly. We'll get the Nagels of the world killing me. If you went back to when they were 14, 15, Paula Creamer won a tour, tour event when she was 18. I think she won the US Open when she was 20 or 21. If you went back and you said that these we're all going to only win one major. You would say no effing way. If that happens, it's a total disappointment. I'm sorry. They all, they all in some ways are. So again, let's celebrate Lexi. She had a great week, but it just, to me, it's crazy that all three of them only won one major. Like, like the odds of that are just like, we kill Rory. He's stuck on four majors, <laughs> four majors in all three of these Women combined, and they're the biggest three names, the hands down the biggest three names in the sport of the last 25 years. It, that's just incredible to me. I just thought of that. It's just crazy. I think I think of my mind's work. All right. Yeah. Speaking of that, good segue here because Lexi getting in. Um, Lexi Thompson got in before Dylan Wu, who was ranked 83rd mm. in the FedEx Cup list this year. He played a full season, he easily keeps his card. Um and yet somehow these fall events, which are supposed to be for guys just like him battling to keep their jobs, he didn't get in the field. He tried to Monday qualify, didn't get in. He wrote a letter to be a sponsor exemption, didn't get in. 
he ended up getting in. He got moved up. We, we talked to him uh, the other day. It was He was hustling and bustling to the airport. He got moved up to first alternate. He flew to Vegas. He had just driven back from Vegas. I mean, crazy stuff. You would think that a guy who's ranked 83rd could get into a full field event. It makes absolutely no sense. So he wanted to talk about it and, and vent his frustrations. He wasn't upset about Lexi getting in, but he did mention it. Um, anyway, please have a listen to our chat with Dylan Wu. So this is a pretty hectic day for you. It is 100%. Honestly, it's been a hectic maybe last three days, couple days. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the last part was my wife taking, taking the car. I had my golf clubs. was like the cherry on top. But luckily, luckily made it. So what happened? She had to turn around, bring them back? No, so she had an orthodontist appointment uh-huh. uh, for Invisalign, and then um, she said she'll be done, and then she just meet me at the airport. But like it kept on getting like longer and longer, and I was like, "Oh boy, this could, this is cutting it close." And I and the clubs was like still unpacked. Like I had my bag and uh, my I had my tour bag in there, but I had um, all my clubs in that Jones bag from okay. the, from the from the Monday qualifier. So oh, okay, that was a uh, yeah, that was the but like literally in the airport, like on the side, just load up my golf bag and everything. Hopefully, got everything in there quick, and then check it before. Yeah. Like 55 minutes before the flight. Jeez. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, what, what's going on here? I saw obviously some tweets earlier in the week um, referencing you, referencing some other guys. I mean, how are you not? Well, how are you not in these events already with yeah. your standing based on your FedEx Cup list? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The one thing is that um, some I think the pack made a decision earlier this year or like in the middle of this year to keep the categories the same from the whole season going into the fall. Okay. Uh, basically just, I think who's, I forget who's on the pack, but like it's basically all the big guys who don't really care. Right. Who don't really, really care about this. But um, we always use like the Aaron Baddeley rule. If Aaron's been playing well out of the veteran category, which is like the, the bottom most category, but he's at the top of it. Okay. But, like, He's like a hundred from the FedEx right now. I think he's locked his card basically for for next year. But the fact that um, like him and guys like who played well like all year out of out of the starts they've been given aren't able to get in the fall tournaments when you're saying the fall is supposed to be like fighting for the top one twenty five. Like, right. That's like the, that's like the slogan for the tour. It's like if you're gonna have this slogan, anybody who's in the top one twenty five should be in the field. Right. Like it's like just because guys are like. I think it's, it's. I understand both sides, but like we already this this season, everything's been changing. Like we already played a whole season. Like we played a fall last fall, and this entire season, and another. This is gonna be another fall. So it's like a year and a third. Right. So like guys, guys already had a year to to play decent, play whatever, play. I mean, play enough events where they should just fill the fall events based off FedEx. Right. So like. And then the one thing is like they're like, oh yeah, this guy's in the top fifty who are in the designated events next year. They're not gonna play in the fall. And it's like, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, guys if they're playing well, they wanna play well, they wanna play like everything and play play events. They might skip a few, but everybody loves going to Vegas. People are probably gonna go to stands. It's like the tour assumes that a lot of the guys wouldn't play. But still there's a handful of top fifty guys that are 
basically playing in these fields and taking away spots from guys who are fighting for their card when this entire fall is supposed to be like, yeah, right. You're, you're fighting for the 125s versus versus like, yeah, the top 50, you're, you're guaranteed all the designated events next year. You don't have to play. Right. Like you can play, but then the tour, I think, didn't realize how much that people are going to play. Like golfers are, golfers want to make money and want to play. Right. Like, 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 uh, Saif Tagalog played and won the first event. He didn't have to play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, 100%. right. Um, so what category then are you in? Is, are you saying that like, just if you're so, not top 70, you're in this other category? So or how, yeah. It's just like, there's like 50 categories on tour. There's okay. so many categories, but like, it basically goes like tournament winners, um, like top 125, and then corn fair category, which are the top 50 guys, who, uh, the 50 guys that got their card last year. Right. Um, and then it goes to 126 to 150 category, which is the first conditional category. And that's the category I'm in. Um, I got you. And then the category below that, the one that Aaron Badley in, is the veteran category. Gotcha. So you're so like, right. So I get it. So you're still in the 125 to 150 category from last year, yeah. even though you've yeah. played a full year since then yeah. and are uh, yeah. 80, 86th or whatever on yeah. the current list. That doesn't matter yeah. at all. That's the one. That was the one thing that I didn't really realize. Like playing this small schedule, I was gonna actually. Uh, skip Japan and play Vegas and be done at Cabo. Like I wanted to play four events and be done. Right. And one of my best friends is actually getting married next week, and I decided literally the last minute decided like, dude, like I, I, I have to play Japan. Not have to, but like the fact that I'm not in the field at Shriners and I'm probably not the field in Cabo. Um, I'm I'm gonna be close if I'm getting in the field there. But like right. if I take Japan off, I'm taking a month off, and then I'm gonna play Bermuda and RSM. Like it's weird you take a month off in the middle of the fall and then you play the last two and then you have another six weeks off right so like and like for me now i'm trying to get in the top 60 on the fedex to get the first two designated events next year so basically like all my plans changed when i realized i didn't i wasn't like guaranteed into all these small events gotcha so when when Just, did you find when did you find that out because so all year you kind of would have assumed that you would have been in these fall I, events. so i knew that they weren't they weren't going to change categories, but like okay. they they still thought they were going to struggle to fill the fields in the fall right. because right. guys are take they think guys are going to take time off. It's like no, you guys are still playing. So guys are still playing. That's yeah, that's why. Like honestly, I that's why I was trying really hard to get a sponsor exemption, um, but didn't get one for Vegas. I mean, to get one to Lexi, which which I think is totally fine. Um, there's some other ones that I thought were a little suspect, but right. sponsor exemptions can kind of give. give can give them to anybody really right i, think, I just think uh if this if the tour is like branding this fall as like fighting for the top 25 like that's basically branding like mem members who are trying to yeah keep the job for next year so, like right. honestly i think you should reduce the amount of monday qualifiers like what's the point of having a monday qualifier in the fall like right. they basically have to win like they they like the regular season they can like monday qualifying have enough events but like the fall there's not enough events left right um but like the amount of spots, there's like eight sponsor exemptions every week for Monday qualifier spots. I'm like that's twelve spots there. Then like there's also this week for Vegas, they they reduced the field size by twelve people because the tournament's a week later than last year. So it's just ten minutes less less of daylight. Right. Um, which I understand, but I'm like guys are totally fine finishing in the morning. Um, right. It just seems like I I I just personally think. Anybody who's in the 125, or anybody who's like in the top 150, basically on yeah. the FedEx, should get, get into every fall event. 
And the one thing is like, if you did this for all the fall events, why are you doing current year off Zozo? Like I'm in Japan. Japan's a 78 player field. So how did, you, how did you get into that one then? How because that one that's the whole that's the only fall event uh off current year FedEx. What that so they, makes no they had, sense. They had one event, the best event for the fall, off current year. Gotcha. And then the rest of it's the rest is off categories. Gotcha. So you got into that. So, the the one yeah, I'm in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally I literally finished Sanderson. I missed the cut Sanderson by one. Brutal miss cut. Like brutal. So I go back to Phoenix and I my bag doesn't make it, but I'm Oh. On Sunday, I Sunday I drive to Phoenix to Vegas to do a practice run for the Monday. I'm like, okay, huh? I have a chance the Monday. I might as well try. So do the Monday, drive up there, don't qualify. And I'm like, okay, I moved to second alternate. And I was like, oh, I'll just drive back, drive back. But I don't think I'm gonna get in. But I, it's also like kind of changing my plans for Japan because if I don't get in the Shriners, I wanted to go to Japan early with my wife. Gotcha. Just to acclimate, acclimate early. I mean, you pay for your own time, but you can acclimate earlier than. I've right. never been there. I wanted to go there for a couple of days early. Right. Um, so, like, basically, I just now I'm flying to the Shriners, hopefully getting in. And I changed my flight from uh, just in case the, the flight to Japan will fly Friday um, from Vegas through San Francisco to Japan. Um, there's, a, there's a charter on Sunday night if I want to. Uh, it's free for players. Oh, nice. Um, for Shriners, but then you land at 2 a.m. on Tuesday. So, like, if I'm not going to play Shriners, I might as well get there early. Gotcha. Acclimate time difference, like fifteen hour time difference. So gotcha. This is a lot of a lot of things up in the air right now. So wait, yeah, so the one thing. When you said you drove back from the uh, the Monday, where where do you live right now? I live in Scott, Scottsdale. You live in Scottsdale. Okay, so you drove yeah, all the way to Scottsdale, but now you're flying to Vegas back because you moved up. So you must be yeah. pretty confident that you're going to get in. Is that the what yeah. you how you feel when you're the first alternate? First alternate, you kind of have to go. Okay. Um, I was if you're second alternate, you probably don't go yet. Um, Interesting. But first alternate, like you only need one guy to like first alternate. You even if you, even Thursday comes, like you stay all day ah. and do that, um, and just see if somebody withdraws. That's why I changed my flight. Like, am I I'm probably going to stay there all Thursday, or from now until Thursday? If I don't get in, I'll just fly to Japan on Friday morning. So, um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy schedule. So, when was the last time you, um, I mean, tried the Monday, and then so you all so you tried the Monday for this, and you tried you asked for a sponsor exemption, and now you're in yeah, all, that's pretty yeah, crazy. Now I'm, first, now I'm first alternate. Yeah, I mean it's just the the grind. It's very, I can tell you the last forty eight hours, seventy two hours has been very humbling. Yeah, because I was playing good Sanderson, uh, finishing in the morning wave, and then. Played my like last ten holes and three over par to miss the cut by one, and I haven't missed the cut in a while. A while and my game's been pretty good. Right. Um. So then I'm like, okay, I gotta fly back to Phoenix now, and then do this Monday, and then I honestly didn't didn't think I was gonna get in, or be close to getting in. Yeah. And then there's just close. Like I honestly, I'd rather get in, or just like be far away. Exactly. So then I, yeah. So and I could have no stress, and I can just be, just chill on this, get ready for Japan. But, right. That's not the way life goes sometimes. So you just kind of have to go with the flow. Yeah. I think it's, I think people would be just stunned that like you're what 86 or whatever on the FedEx list and you're having to go through all these hoops just to play an event. Yeah. I think people were stunned when they saw this Ben Griffin video about like all the expenses that you have. I don't know if you saw that on TikTok. Yeah. I was 
I mean, what, yeah, what, what, what's the message to, I guess, like a typical fan that like, it's not always so glamorous. No, <laughs> for sure. yeah. There's definitely a huge benefits of playing on the PJ tour. I love playing and stuff like that. And that's probably nothing better than playing inside the ropes and um, being able to execute shots when it matters the most, but the lifestyle isn't the most glamorous for sure. Yeah. Like, like any professional athlete, but yeah, you just got to keep on, keep on grinding. I think the funny thing was like, Say somehow if I made, I, I tweeted about this, but like if I made the tour championship without winning and I ended up finishing second, I still would be in my same category for like ah, all of that. It's unbelievable. The only way I had to get out of it is if I win. Like I could have finished second in the tour championship and still not. Well, I probably would have got a sponsor exemption because I finished yeah. second in the tour championship. Right, right, right. I would still not guarantee being in the tournaments. So you would have had to be a, a winner to get out of the. Yeah. Unbelievable. So the way, but once January comes next year, I will be in all of the all the regular events. Gotcha. So then nice. I then I won't have to. Yeah, I won't yes. have to spend time looking at field lists at all. Right. Only field lists I'll be looking at is if I play well and I can get into the designated events. Yeah. So, is, um, yeah. is there any um, indication that this rule will change for next year? Because I know this fall season, this new fall season, kind of came about pretty quickly. You think they'll? Yeah, I think they might. I think they. It was kind of everything's been changing right away. I mean, pretty quickly. Right. I mean, it's all unprecedented with the playoffs and everything like that. Right. So you never know. I mean, there's just so much changing in the landscape. Landscape of all. Yeah. How how disappointing was it? What that that it was only top seventy for the playoffs. I mean, I know that. Kind of, yeah. Was that? I'm like, I think Jimmy Walker said it pretty yeah actively yeah. i put it in, in napa he's like this is he's like this is bullshit i yeah. play a full year to finish top 125 i did it and now i have to finish top 125 after uh 15 months right. basically this, this like the playoffs have always been top 125 and honestly like i honestly think in the future this 70 50 30 playoff and designated events is probably going to go away in the next couple of years since once we figure out what the live guys do and how right. they're going to get back. Right. Like, they'll probably just go back to normal and be like, oh, yeah. So, go back to normal. So, right. no, I mean, the landscape of golf is just changing so much. But, right. I mean, the reality is, like, people just say play better. And it's like, yeah, you can play better. I played pretty good. I yeah. played pretty good this year. I'm like, yeah. out, of, out of all the conditional guys, I think right now I'm 83 on the FedEx. Okay. I'm like, out of, make, out of basically... Um, getting into tournaments last minute or doing Monday qualifiers to see if I get in and then not being able to uh, plan my schedule at all and and kind of hope to hope to keep on playing well and get into other other events. That's the way I had to play this entire year. Um, so I, I definitely played quite well compared to my, my rookie year. So um, the slogan, but yeah, play better is always what is always tossed around in professional golf. Um, but yeah, just I just think this this fall is. Like it'd be weird. Like say the RSM Classics last one. Luckily, it's a one fifty six field, so everybody's gonna get in probably. But right. Say if it wasn't, if you didn't make it two courses, maybe it was like a one twenty or one thirty two field, and you had like the one twenty five guy, not in the field. I'm like, that's just stupid. Right. The whole thing for some drama of no. the guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like after a full season from January until August, if you finish two hundred whatever and you're not in the field i mean you deserve it you played the right you played like 25 events right already. um but it's like 
next year I'll be on the other side of it. Say if I play really bad, but like, oh, I'm in all these events. So there's definitely both sides, but I feel like meritocracy is always always better, better in golf. Um, just because everybody believes it should be fair. Right, right. Way. Now you me you mentioned at the beginning like the big guys not really caring maybe oh, about the little guys, so to speak. Whose ear do you have to get in? What what's play who who do you talk to? Who do you get in to to try to make oh, sure? I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue for sure. I mean, seems like Patrick Dantley's on the on the hot box lately in the last last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um But yeah, it's it's uh yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like just because the lamps I mean, we don't even know what's happening with the merger and everything like that that hasn't been really been talked about a lot. Right. Couple months. Like what's gonna happen with the guys coming back? Um, no clue what's gonna happen. Okay. Yeah. How long is this designated event schedule gonna be like this? So just, just gotta keep on adapting. But I can tell you, yeah, a lot of players are I mean, very unhappy with the change. Right. But it's really you basically you're next year you're gonna have two tours within the PJ tour. You'll have the guys who play in the elevated events with small fields, and then you have like the other guys. Right. Um so it's like yeah, for sponsors and everything like that too. It's like you're not an elevated event, you're not getting the best fields, kind of thought. Right. Well, at yeah. least for, in your case, obviously you don't have to worry about the top one twenty five. You're gonna be in that easily. But like you said, you're trying to get in that top sixty. That's the goal yeah. to get into the first two designated events. For sure. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, like right now, technically I shouldn't be stressing at all because like my job's safe, but I, I still want to get in tournaments, I still want to play well. So like just because I have that guarantee of finishing in the top twenty five doesn't mean I wanna just coast until until January starts. I wanna keep on playing and keep on gaining experience in tournaments and hopefully get get into contention and say these weaker, slightly weaker fall events where you, where you have a better chance than than in the regular season when when the top guys play more. So right. um yeah, that's I'm still still grinding. I think all of us are I mean, all these players are playing this week at the front, they're all grinding. Whether they're a top fifty guy or whether they're um, who guys who haven't played a well all year, so um, been a lot of drama. And you saw last week at Sanderson. I mean, there's like a five way playoff, it was unreal. The back yeah. end, which is like, there's not many good shots happening, it just shows it's really hard to win a golf tournament, and it's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I know you already, in, in a much lighter note, you're uh, the, the albatross that wasn't caught on video. What, uh, is there anything that you can can get done with that? I mean, you gotta, what do you have to do to get? No, I was, I was, I mean, I made an albatross on tour, which is pretty cool. I mean, really cool. But, uh, yeah, the fact that it's not on video is definitely like a little heartbreaking. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this definitely, it's just, just part of the roller coaster of the year. I mean, I've had a really good year. I've had 61 at the Merit Press, 11 under, had an albatross, missed a couple brutal cuts. So just, this is the roller coaster production ball. So I still love it. And, just trying to continue to get better and hopefully have a chance to win a couple of tournaments um, in the near future. Awesome. And what, and just this week in general, Vegas, um, is this, a? I mean, hoping fingers crossed you get in, um, is this a fun week to, to travel and to be there? And yeah, for sure. I mean, it's probably better. If, I was like, Oh, when I was driving yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm leaving Vegas. Didn't lose. I'm not going to lose much money. <laughs> I mean, gambling, so I'm not even quick, but maybe it's, it's calling me back. So hopefully I get in in the next Hopefully, ideally, when I land uh, or today I get in, that'd be the most ideal situation. But you never know, so I'll just pre prepare like I'm I'm in. Um, 
luckily when I have been first alternate in the past, I've gotten in. So okay. hopefully I continue to have that luck. But um, if not, I'll enjoy Vegas for a couple of days and then fly to Japan. And yeah, I mean, I'm playing a limited field event next week in Japan. It's Dozo when right. a lot of guys aren't in the field. So no, right. I'm still I'm still sitting pretty. Right. And and again, what a weird rule. Well, anyway, uh, Dylan, I'll let you go. Obviously, your flight's going to take off. Really appreciate the time and uh, good luck getting in this week. Good luck the rest of the fall. And we will chat down the road. All right. Thanks again to Dylan. Uh, it's pretty rare when you have a, a tour guy reaching out and saying. Two-time guests. Two-time two -time guests. Guest. And reaching out and being like, I got to talk about this. I'm yeah. kind of ticked. And um, and what's the craziest part is he's playing this week in the Zozo, which is a limited field, because for some reason, they go, this is the premier event of the fall. They used this year's standings where all the other fall events used last year. It makes no sense. It was obviously done way too quickly. The tour has to figure some of this stuff out. That's all. Sounds like the site's cup. Sounds like sites We'll get into that. That was a debacle. change in the format every year to change in the well, yeah, <laughs> the change in the yeah, change in the rules, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk live a little because it was the I guess the the individual finale. Um, not only does Brooks Kepka Brooks Kepka, you can count on two things here. He will bring his A game to a major and he will bring his A game to Jeddah, wherever the heck that is, because he wins every year that event. He's back to back. He wins the four million. He gets informed after. He also snuck into third place in the season standings. He wins another four million. He said, "Oh, I'm rich. Thanks for uh, breaking that news. Pretty funny. Uh, if you didn't see that, good for him though, and good for Taylor Gooch, who shoots a 62, loses in the playoff to Brooks, but wins the single season, just like the FedEx Cup, 18 million. I'm sure it's even more confusing than the FedEx Cup, but." Taylor Gooch, guys, um, has won $33 million this year on the Live Tour. What do you think about that? That's I mean, a lot of money. The craziest thing to me is because the world ranking came out last week and said, you know, they're not changing their eligibility for, you know, the Live guys. So right. you have Taylor Gooch, who, you know, by all accounts, had the best year of anyone yeah. on the Live Tour. Obviously, Kepka won a major, so that's way better but right right gooch is not gonna be invited to these majors next year because i don't think he's got a top 12 finish in any of them this year so i mean and it goes back to the the whole u.s open controversy yep. um you know and it's not like i'm a, the biggest live defender but it's just common sense to me that the best players in the world should be ranked accordingly and you're not just turning an eye to live and obviously they don't meet some of the eligibility requirements yada 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 but i mean come on you can't look at this guy's record this year and then you know the masters is an invitational sure but the other ones i, I just don't get how the world ranking cannot um you know shine a light on these guys and, and give them some credit uh for what they're doing so that was my biggest takeaway you know hopefully the masters does the right thing and, and, and invites him, you know, they do want to have the best field there and he, right. would, he should be a part of that. Obviously he's playing that well as for the others. I mean, there's ways to play into him and he kind of did not do that this year. And, and then he missed the cut in the other two majors. So, you know, um, Brooks is not having those problems cause he's a major winner, obviously, but uh, there, there's still ways to get in. Uh, and, yeah. 
you know, he did not do that this past year, but I think the masters should do the right thing, invite him. He's one of the best players in the world. And then, you know, you got to have a good week that week and maybe you can play your way into the other ones. Yeah. It's very confusing. Um, I'm with you, Steve, obviously I'm not the biggest live guy, but you know, Bryson came out and said it. We've talked about this. There needs to be a way to get these guys, some of these guys into the majors, whether it's like, you know, of course, Bryson overdid it. I, I think he said the top 12 guys on the live list should get into the majors. I wouldn't go that far, yeah. but at least five guys. I mean, it, like, let's be serious here. I mean, it's, it's, it is, you're right. It's logical. It's just, it's stupid that, um, you know, they don't get rewarded in some way. Now, that being said, it's still difficult to kind of totally rank them. So I, I kind of get why they're still not in it on some level. But again, the only reason why people care about the world ranking is that you get into the majors, basically. So as long as they got into the majors, I don't think they would care if they're ranked 500th in the world, just as long as they're getting recognized. So, you know, the, I think the World Golf Championships used to do stuff where it was like the top something on the Asian money list would get in and you would see guys, you're like, who's that guy? And, oh, they got in. Just do that for live. I mean, and and give them, you know, again, not 12 spots maybe, but give them a good amount of spots. Let Taylor Guchin, let, you know, Abe Answer, some of these other guys in who we know are our are, are top players. So there should be a compromise here somewhere. Um, and they still haven't figured it out. But it's good, all this outcry. I think when this all started, it was like, oh, no, what's going to happen to the majors? They're going to get watered down. They're playing for more. Like, everybody still cares about the majors very yes. deeply, as you can see. So that's a good thing. I that's think. a good thing, those are the biggest four weeks of the year and i think i was definitely worried and people were worried that this whole um live drama would would uh they would take a hit but clearly they have not taylor gooch really wants to be in them and so do his his legion of fans that he apparently has taylor yeah. Gooch. it's also yeah the gooch the gooch something okay. i don't know um no it's it's and it's also again why it's so tricky too is that live they basically just picked or took who who they could get and started this new league. So there was no way to like qualify. And then right. you, know, you have like Chase Kepka in there and you have, it's just weird. It's hard to qualify. It's hard to quantify it. I'm saying just based on, on that, but by the way, Chase Kepka, that brings another, I live does have some good stuff because I don't know if you follow this, the, there's the open zone which is, I think, spots 25 through 44. And it means, okay, you're in the top 44. You still get a spot as long as a team wants you. And again, like a Matthew Wolf might just, nobody might want him because Brooks Kepka is just trashing this guy left and right, throwing his teammate under the bus. But then if you're outside of 44, it's called the drop zone. You get relegated. You are out. It's just like in soccer. And like a Chase mm -hmm. Kepka is out. And, and someone asked Brooks about it. He's like, it was crazy. He was like, yeah, we haven't talked about it. I don't know what he's going to do. Mini tours. Maybe he'll just quit playing. I mean, it was like kind of crazy to hear his brother talk about it, but like he, another 30 million. This right, he's made, he's made yeah. some good money the last couple of years, but I do like that. I mean, that is pressure. You're out. I mean, you know, it's kind of like keeping your tour card, but we thought it was all, you know, you could be signed by this. They, I don't think you can be signed if you don't do this. And now they're going to have some kind of qualifying tournaments. So they are making it a little more, um, of a qualification system versus just okay, 
who can we poach from the tour and this and that. But still, it, it's it's a little confusing, I guess, with the world ranking. I was looking at the, the team standings this morning. The Aces are still Man, number one. They should, they should have a they should, if they had a draft that would be draw some interest too. I was looking yes. at the Ironheads finished twelfth, had like twenty point team points. It's like they'd be in line to like draft Ludwig first overall, maybe yes. <laughs> next year's draft. Like that, that would be, I would be interested in that. I agree. That would be cool. And the whole, like, you know, even free agents or trades, it, yeah. it, is, it is somewhat interesting. The Ludwig sure. tank for Ludwig um, would be tank awesome. For Ludwig. Yeah. That, I think Gooch actually, wasn't he, he left the aces, I think. Right. And they replaced him or did, or am I mixing that up? He was one of the big movers in the, in the off season. Anyway, <laughs> We got to get caught up on our live stuff, but yeah. there's definitely some some cool aspects to it. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. There's but, stuff there, yeah. yeah. There's stuff there. Um, okay, speaking of cool aspects, uh, we got the World Long Drive Championship this week. That's that's different as well. Um, we've had Kyle Berkshire on here in the past. Of course, he's a uh, three-time winner of the event, but he was unseated last year by Martin Borgmeier who also took down Bryson DeChambeau in the final. Turns out they're actually really good friends. We knew Kyle and Bryson are as well. Um, we have a great talk with Martin this week, uh, heading into the World Long Drive Championship in Atlanta. We talked about Bryson. We talked about the trick shots he does, uh, some of the other stuff, preparation, recovery. He's got some great stuff about being a World Long Drive. Uh, and there's a good question about, should it be in the Olympics as well? Of course, He's a little biased, but um, I, I think it makes sense as our loop. Just that flag football, I saw a headline. Get out of here. He's like a long drive. Right. Well, flag football is basically the NFL if you watch some of these roughing <laughs> passes. Um, I mean, Absolutely. what are you going to do? Anyway, By way, Martin looks like he could play some football. Big dude. He does. Yeah. I wouldn't mess big with him. Dude. And uh, uh, one last year with the drive of 426 yards. No big deal in the grid. Anyway, please have a listen to our chat with Martin Borgmeier. Get ready for Team Golf, Live Golf Style. Got the 2023 Team Championship, October 20 through 22. This is the finale to the regular season on the Live Golf Tour. Um, you've got match play, stroke play, nonstop action. The electric ending to the season takes place at the iconic Blue Monster Course at Trump National Doral Golf Club in Miami. Of course, used to host the PJ Tour for many, many decades before. Uh, this is the event where, you know, the four aces are the defending champs. Of course, there'll be a lot of teams trying to knock them off. Um, you had the individual stuff all settled last week, but this is the big team event to finish off the season on the live tour. Um, enjoy all the action live. Find out the best place to watch here. If you missed the action live, no worries. Catch the thrilling highlights on demand after each round right here on YouTube. Don't miss a minute. You can tune in on the CW app from 1 p.m. Eastern on October 20th and on the CW or the CW app on October 21st and 22nd. All right. We are excited to welcome in defending world long drive champion, Martin Borgmeier. Martin, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm in Atlanta already, getting used to the time zone. Looking forward to this week. So what's it like? Obviously, you've you've competed at a bunch of these events. What or what do you think it's going to be like as the defending champ? You're kind of the, the big man strutting in there with the big belt and everything. What is it going to be a different <laughs> mentality this year? 
I mean, I, I try to keep everything pretty much the same, right? My preparation's been the same, and it doesn't really matter if you're defending on what you're doing. It's the same type of tournament. But what's different is, for sure, this year is bigger and better than it's ever been. Because, I mean, we had such a hard downtime kind of during COVID with long drive. Nothing was really going on. All these events were kind of minor events. And now, with GF Sports and Entertainment being back in the sport and taking over the sport... This year, we're back on the big stages, so I, I can't wait to tee it up on, well, I've, I've been out there actually um, yesterday, and it looks great already. So the stage looks huge, big grandstand, they're painting the grid right now, so I, I just can't wait to tee it up there and smash it. It's awesome. Uh, what, what do you think it's going to take uh, this year to get it done? Obviously, a really competitive group of guys, but... Um... You know, in terms of like when it gets down to the finals, what, what do you sort of what's your goal in terms of maxing it out there? Well, it's always different, right? In terms of distance, it's always it's such a tough call because based on the wind and the ground, it's always going to be completely different. But uh, one thing is certain, and that is 128 guys start the competition. And on Sunday, there's going to be one having that belt. So. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the field is being eliminated or cut in half and half is being eliminated every single day. So it's tough to actually make it to the top eight and being shown on TV. So it takes the best hitting because we're hitting against the best hitters in the world. People coming out, players coming out from all kinds of nations across the globe. So it takes definitely takes the best. And now what, like my job this week is actually scoping out the grid trying to figure out what type of shot is needed to maximize the distance. Have an eye on the weather, especially the wind right now. It kind of seems like that it's going to be a downwind off the left. So a high cut is probably the way to go. Mm. But, well, it's consistently changing. So just got to have an eye on all that and then hit the best job possible. What do you do differently for what you just said? It's going to be a high cut this week. So what what are you going to change about you know, your, your, your pre-shot kind of routine or whatever to, to, to hit that shot? Well, every shot has a different setup. So basically this, the swing is basically the same, maybe apart from thinking like I want to hit a cut. But my stance is probably going to be a little bit more open. My club face is always going to point at the target. And then my path is going to be a little more outside in, but still at the same time trying to launch it high, right? So it's it's a setup question. I really don't like to change too much of my golf swing during the tournament. It's really just seeing the shot, having that aiming point, and feel like I try to then probably start it down the, the left line and have it cut back in and let the wind help it a little bit. Last year, obviously, you took down Bryson DeChambeau in the final, which I think people were kind of yeah. amazed that he even made it to the final, and it was obviously great, great for the sport. Um, what was that like competing against him versus the, you know, the Kyle Berkshires and everyone else in the world? And, and did you, you know, how much interaction did you get with Bryson last year? I mean, it was so crazy that he actually made it there. Right? When, you, <laughs> when you think about what Bryson did in a two year span, he was around 170 ball speed when he started. And then he decided to do that or go that driving route, right, with right. a lot of inspiration from long drive athletes. And uh, he got it up to 220. And in the final, I think he, had a, he hit a 217 against me. And he was so competitive because he can change his 
launch characteristics in no time, right? He can mm. hit the low ball, high ball, the cut, the fit, the, the draw, whatever is needed. And um, he hits a lot of balls in the grid. So he has more chances for really good bounces. Right. And um, well, that got him to the final, which is ridiculous when you think about it. But I, I mean, I spent a lot of time with him last year. I basically lived with him for half a year. So it was a very, it was an atmosphere or a match that I saw, I mean, went through a couple times before because we were, we were doing so much practice together. So it was not like that crazy intimidating that a lot of people might think, but still in that moment, Honestly, it doesn't really matter who you're facing because all these guys that we're competing with, they're all so super competitive. All the guys that make it to the Sunday can win a world championship. From those 128 players, there's probably, from the top of my head, I would think like 30 guys. I would not be surprised with Hmm. them winning a world championship because the sport, like the depth of field in the meanwhile, is so crazy. And... um, well, then eventually when you make it to TV, when you make it to the final, it's really just like a blackout moment and you hit your shot. You have to find the flow. Otherwise, it's pretty much impossible to make it. I know Bryson is uh, is busy this week. Have you talked to him? Is he pretty bummed out that he can't make it this year to the World Championship? Yeah, I actually talked to him this morning. Yeah, <laughs> He's on his way back from Saudi right now. And well, obviously he's playing for a little bit more money in Miami. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't blame him for not making it out to to the world championships. But he's still a big supporter of the sport. He still loves the game. He loves all the athletes that, well, in the very first place, inspired him to do what he did and how yeah. he completely changed his game and how he was capable to shoot just recently 58s, right? Because, mm-hmm. well, d- driving is such a big advantage when the rest of the game is dialed in as well and the putting goes well so um yeah he's still a big supporter and well i hope that the schedules do not collide next year and we hopefully see him out at the grid at some point now on the pj tour live whatever some of these guys need like two three hours to kind of warm up be it stretching eating hitting every club in the bag what what is a long drive event warm-up sort of look like when when you're only hitting one club it's not that different for me but very different depending on who you're asking yeah. one of my one of my good friends on tour josh Koch, he gets up at like 5 a.m in the morning and he starts his stretching or he's starting a stretching routine and then eventually he starts hitting golf balls one and a half hours before he's hitting his first ball and so on. I'm kind of a little bit different. I try to get as much sleep as possible, have a coffee, stretch out, hit a couple shots and well, then go and hit the grid. So um, I hit like maybe 25, 30 shots depending on, on the day before I actually go out but it's very, very different. And the reason I do this is because I've been practicing for this for so long. So um, over the last seven weeks, I've been hitting four days on, two days off. And what I try to do is I try to ramp up that, well, speed building process to be in as quickly as possible, to be in as, to, to, so my speed gets up as soon as possible, if that makes sense. So for example, in um, week one that I was practicing, I was starting to push speed by ball 50. 
So that takes around an hour to warm up. So that's an hour, an, an hour warm up routine. Now, last week, my my last week of preparation, week seven, I ramped up the speed on ball ten to be mm. ready to to hit the tee box and hit the grid after roughly 10, 15 minutes of warm up. Reason being is very simple. I just try to keep the ball count as low as possible throughout the week because day four when we're hitting on TV is the most important one. So I try to conserve as much energy as possible to get there, but that's only possible when you've done all your preparation before, because otherwise, well, the body takes a little while to actually get fast. Yeah. And then recovery wise, you know, you guys are taking such a violent lash at the ball. What What's your, uh, you know, go to recovery process afterward? I mean, the, the only reason I picked my hotel the way I did is the hot tub. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always looking, I'm always looking for for hot tubs when I'm picking my hotels. And I've made some bad experiences sometimes. Sometimes on the internet it shows hot tub, and then they did some renovation or whatever, and all of a sudden the mm. hot tub disappeared. But this week is fine, right? I'm good. So hot tub is my way to go, really, because well, it's it's really about ramping up that body like pushing for for that speed on that particular day and then trying to ramp everything down as quickly as you can and just try to recover everything best way possible for the next day. Because sometimes, depending on when you're hitting, it can be, for example, when you're hitting in the afternoon on day one and in the morning on day two, it could just be an 18-hour recovery period. So you just want to maximize all that. And then it's uh, good food, good sleep, all the good stuff. Obviously, um, this event is taking place in Atlanta this year. It's been in Mesquite. Uh, I guess it's been in Vegas. What, you know, how much do you need to get used to the this grid? Because obviously the grid is always going to be kind of the same, right? It's not like a golf course that changes too much. But do you get more comfortable at certain places? And 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 how much pressure do you feel, obviously, to, to get that ball in, in the grid? Oh, 100% plays such a big role because just like a golf course, every layout is a little different. different. I mean, in golf, yeah, just hitting a straight shot most of the time is the way to go, right? Right. But then sometimes on on certain holes, it feels easier to do so, and on other holes, it's a little different. So it really depends on how the grid and all also the tee box area suits your eye. And right now I really don't know because it's the very first time that we're hitting on this grid. And I think there's ever been a tournament or a long drive tournament on this grid before. So we got to figure it out. I mean, I love Miss Eat because I've been there so many times. I'm very comfortable on the tee box with the shape of the tee box and how everything sets up because you have so many aiming spots at the back of the grid. So you have a lot to aim for it completely independent of the, of the weather and the, and the wind conditions this week in Atlanta, we got to figure it out. And I'm just looking forward to it because it's, it's, it's such a great challenge to finally see something new, to finally see how all these events are being elevated. So I'm just pumped to see it. And well, the the nervousness or like the the excitement that you were touching on i mean it's really nothing compares to the excitement and nervousness in long drive because Mm -hmm. in golf what you try to do is you try to contain your adrenaline right over the span like four or five hours and not get too excited and just try to stay calm the whole time 
right. in long drive, you got this one set of two minutes, 30 seconds, and you just try to utilize all that adrenaline. So it's a different type of mindset. And I just in, enjoyed doing that a lot. So I'm looking forward to this week. When you when you got into long drive originally, did you think it would kind of become what you're like part social media influencer now? I'm sure you're doing events all the time. It's got to be it's got to be quite the grind, right? <laughs> if you would have told me six years ago, I would have been like, yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely zero chance. I was I was working in corporate IT for wow. eight years in total. I did my bachelor's, my master's, and all that stuff that my mother in law probably loved. <laughs> right. So it, it was it was a completely different career. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. And I mean, it, it just happened step by step. It didn't happen overnight. Right. But all of a sudden now I find me on this interview with you guys, like having to followers on YouTube and Instagram. And I enjoy most of the stuff that I do. I mean, no job is perfect out there. Everybody's got to do their taxes and all that stuff. There's always downsides to it, right? But when you enjoy what you do for the most part, and I'm definitely in that position, you can be very grateful. And that's what I am. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. So you were working a regular job. Were you just like, were you always, I assume you're a, a really good golfer too. What 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 level golf did you play? Um, you know, what would you say your current handicap is? But like, were you obviously just always one of the lo the longest guys you played with? And did you just get encouraged to try to get into this? Well, yeah, that, that's kind of the story. It's, I mean, I, the reason, so I played golf as a junior. I was okay. a, I would call myself a mediocre minor, right? Okay. So I was like, oh, like on a national level, I did pretty okay when I was 16 years old. I was maybe like, I would say in the top 30 of Germany. Right. Okay. But then I'm talking, I'm talking Germany. Right? Yeah. Germany is not a big <laughs> golf nation. Right. But right. like I, I played some tournaments with a lot of guys uh, not on the European tour, Max Kiefer, Martin Keimer, like all these guys, gotcha. but they were a lot better than me. Like back gotcha. in the days when, when I was 14, I was a three handicap. So that was, that's okay. what I call a mediocre minus. Right. So um, I always dreamt of being a, yeah, PGA Tour Pro and so on. But when I turned 16, 17, I kind of dumped that because th there was just no way. So I I did all that stuff. Like I did my studies. I, I did my my high school degree, my, my bachelor's, my master's. And then eventually, it was so funny because some of my clients and colleagues play golf. And they figured like, oh, Martin, you back in the days, you played golf as well, right? And you were fairly decent. I was like, yeah, well, I wasn't mediocre minus, but we can play if you want to. And then we played around and I obviously outdrove them by like 60, 70 yards. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's no, that's no surprise because they're like 65 years old, right? There's no, right. like, I, I wasn't even like, I, I didn't feel like it was special. Yeah. So then some of the some of the guys from that particular golf club saw that and saw me doing that over and over again. And they actually signed me up for a long drive tournament in Germany. Wow. And I did pretty well there. Th then I actually learned what long drive actually was, that we use a little bit different equipment that is still legal, but a little bit different. And uh, got into all, all the nitty gritty stuff of long drive, and I got completely hooked when I played that first tournament because I came second. I was the runner up of that event. Only reason being, I went OB in the finals hmm. because I just I, I have never I have never done it before, right? Yeah, I had never done it before. So now I was completely hooked. I tried to learn everything about the sport. 
got my equipment and stuff. And well, and now we're here. It's like, it was such a wild ride when you think about it, just because I outdrove a 65 year old guy and didn't find it any school. And then somebody signed me. Because the, what I loved about it, the actual reason was it is so different to golf. In golf, it's all like, quiet, please, right? Don't, don't move. Hit your shot. And when you hit a bad shot, you're frustrated for like three minutes till you find your ball, you chip it, and you're more frustrated than you miss the putt. You're super frustrated. And most of the round is frustration. In long drive, you can correct your mistakes so much quicker, right? Because when, mm. you, when you hit one OB, it doesn't really matter that much. It's Then you tee up another ball and you try to correct that mistake, right? right? So the mentality is a little bit different and the pace is so much quicker. It's so much closer to other sports like basketball, football, whatever it might be. It's just quicker. It's not like, yeah, you, you make a mistake and your, your round could be over. No, you can correct it. And mm. that's what I love. It's cool. One, one of our editors, Luke Curtinine, uh, he thinks that long drive should be in the Olympics. It should be an Olympic sport. Would you agree with him? It, it kind of makes sense as a competition. It kind of fits in perfectly with a lot of other Olympic sports. Yeah, when you, when you think about how triple jump works or shot put or javelin, it's exactly the same. It's multiple tries, the best one counts, right. and you really go for the max, right? You go for that one shot that is, that's eventually going to be a highlight reel, right? Or that can create a highlight reel for TV. So it's a perfect match. And I, I hope that that's going to become a reality at some point because I know ever since I'm in the sport, it's not very long. But for those six years, we've been talking about it. Yeah. And I just hope that at some point we might get there and that I'm still young enough to actually compete. <laughs> how, often, how often do do dopes like us, you know, ask you, hey, man, how do, how do I hit it farther like you? <laughs> yeah. and, what, and what do you say to them when, when someone asks you that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. And, it, and that question makes sense. I mean, that, that question makes more sense than, Martin, what was your longest drive ever? And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> I think that one in Switzerland that I hit off the mountain was like two and a half miles. So uh, well, it doesn't really, uh, I mean, I'm exaggerating, obviously, right? But it's, it's really about that. It's all about conditions. It's all about altitude. It's all about the wind, right? So the distance doesn't really matter that much. But in terms of, let's call it power elements in the golf wing. It makes a lot of sense because in long drive, what we try to do is we basically try to ramp up all the power elements. There's like around 15 in the golf swing. We just try to utilize all of them to the max in golf. And depending on the player, you got to be very cautious with like different power elements. Some are like better at these and some are a little bit better at those. And you just got to find the right ones So they still hit it down the middle of the fairway. And um, the principles, the underlying principle, though, is exactly the same. And that's why the question actually makes a lot of sense. But it depends on what type of player you are. And um, because I got that question so often, I actually teamed up with Josh Koch. And we put all of the all of this knowledge, and all of these principles into a program that's available on hitbombs.com. Wow. What a great name, isn't it? That's a great name, hitbombs.com. Well, <laughs> You talk about the the wild ride and and YouTube stuff and and I see obviously you got a bunch of sponsors. We got to ask you about Painter uh, Shoes uh, and what what oh, you yeah. with them. Yeah, how how they helped you? It's super interesting because talking about all these power elements, 
everything basically starts from the ground up, right? Mm -hmm. That's the only, so our shoes and our feet are the only connection to the ground. That's really where we can generate a lot of power. And when I talked to Pena for the first time, I was absolutely amazed because they were the first guys that actually listened to real power generation and let's say did not touch the topic of style and design in the first place, but focus on functionality and power elements in the first place. And I absolutely love that. So we, we try to engineer a shoe that well utilizes or let's say enhances the power generation of the ground reaction forces. And for me, what we've done is we we've been working on insole design, outer sole design, and came up with a um, a toe box design, let's call it that way, on like throughout the whole surface of the shoe that is optimized for power generation and helped me a lot to one, create more power off the ground and two, feel it. That's that's so different because you, you basically can feel it. That's why you gotta you gotta measure the ground reaction forces with force plates or there's like different pressure insoles you can use it's it's basically invisible to the eye but when i was going through this process with painter i actually felt what kind of moves and what kind of pressure points actually generate the most force it was super interesting and we're not we have we have so much going on together and i absolutely love our approach of doing research first and all the functionality stuff first and style second, because you can always make something functional look great, but right. sometimes it's tough to make something that's good looking functional. Sure, sure. I have to ask about the uh, the putter trick shot. How often yes. do you do you miss that one and, and it gets left on the cutting room floor or do you hit it square every time? <laughs> sure, I hit it square every time. <laughs> no, no, I mean, honestly, um it's it's a lot better than you might think yeah. so what what i've done for example is i i uh, two weeks ago i tested live streaming golf and i truly believe it's the new social it's gonna be the new social media hype over the next couple of years because what we see in gaming is all these people live streaming and i truly believe that indoor golf is going to be the next thing and out there on a live stream i was hitting putters and it went pretty well so you can't fake it out there right when you're live streaming you cannot fake it but uh when you want to hit it like 327 yards just like i did there well it's not going to be the first try so you got to hit it a few times but yeah with a putter like obviously the face is not really made to be hit that way <laughs> So sometimes there's shots that don't really make sense out on course, but it's a lot better than you might think. Yeah. No, I'm glad Chris asked you about that. Uh, to people, I mean, you got to see this video. He legitimately hits one 327 yards with a putter, which will make us all feel even more inferior about our own power off the tee. Uh, last question for me, Martin. Uh, you had this, you know, the world champion belt. You know, people ask, where do people wear the green jacket? Where, where are some of the places that you took the belt to? Did you, do you like to show it off uh, in this past year or so? Oh, I brought it a lot of places. <laughs> so, and it's and it's actually fairly heavy. So oh. It's actually way too heavy for my carry-on. 
I'm 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 very glad most of these airlines do not weigh the carry on. It, it's it's really heavy. So and most people are surprised when I show them and they they touch it. It it's it really is heavy. No, in the in the first couple of months after I won, I basically took it everywhere it went. Like it was a it was a fixed part of my travel routine. But in the meanwhile, I hung it in my in my office, which is also my studio with the simulator and stuff. So it's in a really good place, and I, I, I left a little bit of space to the side as well. Okay, good to know. Well, I, before I let you go, actually, too, you said thirty people or so could win this event, but obviously Kyle is the guy who gets the attention, rightfully so. He'd won it, I guess, three in a row before you you knocked him off last year. What is is there anything you can do to get in his head or anything like that, or is he, you know, what, what do you do? Well, I, I, I really don't know if I have to. Okay. Because I I know that he's applying a lot of pressure on himself right now because he hasn't won in how long is it? Like 15 months or so. Oh, okay. So I I know that he really wants to win. Right. And I don't know if that's helpful to him or actually harming him. Well, right. we'll see. Right. And um, one thing I know is that you got to hit the ball straight and you're yep. not going to win missing the grid. Right. <laughs> well, awesome. Martin, thanks so much for taking the time. Good luck this week in Atlanta. We'll be watching. We'll be rooting for you. And uh, good luck uh, winning another belt. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Great stuff from Martin. That was awesome. He had like a, a regular job. You, you know, he wasn't like a star golfer or anything. He never thought he was even going to work in golf until – someone kind of signed him up for long drive. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and now he's this big, big guy with the sponsors and everything else. So good for him. Um, all right. Not as good for us. Old guy, Steve at the sites cup. We'll do a little of our personal golf right now. Um, you know, I was a co-captain, Steve, you were kind of a co-captain as well. So we'll take some of the heat, but you know, Joel was the main captain, so we got to we got to throw him under the bus. And he came back from Rome. He had all the bad juju from the American side. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, in our defense, as we said this, we were missing so many of our top guns. It's for various reasons. I'm not like calling them out, you know, or questioning their uh, commitment to the team. Although maybe, um, but we were missing a let's just say six of our big guns. Mike Johnson, who, you know, yeah. playing as an 11 handicap in a team event is uh, is going to clean up when he shoots 78. Uh, exactly. Ryan Harrington, yep. who's like a 17, he'll shoot an 82 in your face. Yep. Mike Statura is a stalwart. Yeah, I mean, you know, all these guys would have really helped the team. It's a shame. Browns are uh, missing a bunch of guys yesterday. They they still won out, right? This is loser talk. Good? This is loser talk right here. <laughs> all right. It is kind of loser talk. This is terrible. And Greg, of course, was on the winning young side, as was CP. And CP, I mean, you played great, man. You were you're you're kind of back. So that was nice to see. Of course, you did it in my face. CP and um and Will Balsam beat myself and Dan Melanda. And we made six birdies and we still lost. It is two-man scramble, but still it's, it's the most birdies I've ever it made. was we we kept hey, match. It had to match be of the day match of really, the day it had to be. match of the day uh um, pretty good too i don't know i don't know how many had lost yeah 500 <laughs> lost that's pretty good yeah. okay yeah i don't know how many had had 10 birdies combined in a match yeah 
Well, Steve's five under. And lost the six under. Steve Denton, our uh, our head of photography. Right. I mean, he carries it like three oh five. I mean, hit short game shots like you know a plus two would, and uh, somehow he's only a a two handicap. So, um, you know, good for him and Sneedon. Sneedon is good for you know. Oh, Sneedon is a great guy in this event. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Unless you're playing all, against all the video, anybody. all the video guys are. Let's just be honest. <laughs> they tend to play a lot of golf. Turns they're, uh-huh. they're probably playing. They're playing right now. Probably they were driving <laughs> down to North Carolina right after to go yep. go on another yep. golf trip. So yep. Yep. you know it, it's it's good for them. Uh, Steve, you guys played well then because yes, Steve Denton, the other Steve, I saw him on the range the day before. Oh, good lord! I mean, he is a language rushing it. So it was a great day. It was great to play it in October. Um, Country Club in North Jersey, North Jersey Country Club in Maine. Oh my God, it is gym. A transformation. Um, You know, before, yeah, CP had played it before. And, you know, it it had a reputation for being good, but it is a a great course in New Jersey now. Another great course in Jersey after Brian Schneider, um, you know, really transformed it. The greens are, are, wild old travis uh walter travis greens that the old man the, the old man himself. what a great plaque <laughs> walter travis did you I, mean, see that? I did i First did day. Yep. i love that i did a little you know sign of the cross there um <laughs> yeah i mean uh, they're running at like 13 and those greens are oh so my God. so thankfully we had a caddy and helped us out a little bit but um i wonder you made so many birdies we had we had no caddy we well, they were available they were, we were going off. We were going off eight-year-old information from my brain. Yeah, which, which got I, us I in the very spots. Uh, Dan was was nice to, enough to volunteer to go first on the greens, which ended up working out because a CP saw. I mean, I put on a putting display mm-hmm. for, the, for the ages, but again, still wasn't just to just to stay two down. Like just to stay, exactly, we were still yeah. down, but it was like the match was over, and I would make putt, and then finally I lipped one out from like twenty feet that would yep. really kept it going. But um, no, see, play your short game extraordinary. Four tap-ins. One was a lag putt from about eighty feet from off the green through a Biarritz green. I said that right, I think, or I knew what it was at least. Steve was proud of me. I knew about the chocolate mounds. I mean, the old man delivered chocolate drops. Chocolate drops. Chocolate drops. Chocolate drops. drops. I was fantastic. I mean, I would describe the old North Jersey as fine forgettable i would not call it a hidden gem it has become that with this renovation by this brian schneider absolute legend he's got to be uh on the radar now for everybody based off of what i saw that it's night i kept saying a night and day golf course from from when i last played it and at one hole that you thought we could hit three wood because you hit three i i could hit three yeah you were fine was that 12? Uh, you guys graciously yeah. went back and let me read T. That was an all-time sports wow. moment. Yes, we did. I and lost the hole, obviously. I knew we would lose the hole once right. we once and, we and, uh, and we were already down, so I didn't feel as bad. But I did I did feel bad. But of course, though, I hit a perfect hybrid that still went through. But that that, wow. that was the only hole. It's still a cool hole. You just need to know where you're going. So the second time you played it, it'd be fine. Just like, okay, you know you're supposed to hit a 215 shot max. Other than that, I mean, I know there were some blind shots, but like it still was like you could figure it out. We didn't have yep. caddy. Um, we still were were doing okay, so it was great. The greens were a little wild, and I think the pins, some of the pins were crazy. And they they seem to do that when we show up. They did it the day before at Country Club at Darien. 
Also, but uh, no, it was a great day. It was great to play when it's not freezing. This event mm-hmm. wait till like Thanksgiving practically, so that was nice. But congrats to the young team; they played great. Uh, Captains Meredith Bosback and uh, Daria Delfino get the win. Uh, kudos to them. We'll see who who are the captains next time. Uh, you know, we'll see. See if 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 I get bumped up to captain. If I if I'm out, Steve. Maybe takes the reins. Hey, yeah, I had no say in the pairing, so I can't really take much of the blame. I was just on the slack with you guys. I was sure. like emceeing it. Support. Yeah, and you yeah. were emceeing. I, yeah. I was there for support. Very yeah. uh, So people might accuse you of like setting up the course unfairly if you're a captain. So maybe it's a conflict of interest. So maybe you can't be a captain. But we'll, we'll we'll see. It was it was a great day. Congrats to the youngs. And um and yeah, CP's back. That's the big news. I think that's the big news. He's, he's yeah. So I have to tell the story because then the following day, CP and I were both at Baltus Hall and we didn't know nice. each other were going to be there. What? Uh, that's yeah, we, were, we were texting and I just sent him a picture from uh, 17 of the Sahara bunkers, you know, trying to dunk on him. A little. Yeah. He's like, dude, I'm I got pull, the I'm pulling in. in. <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling in in 10. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> But I saw him on the first tee then as we were having lunch uh, on the patio at Balti, which is a one spot in Jersey, obviously. And, you know, after watching Mr. Powers just pipe his drive, I mean, the club was still recoiling and he was picking up the tee. I mean, (laughs) it was incredible. He played incredible on Friday. I haven't seen him play that well in a while. I was getting a little worried like oh man he's getting old he's just gonna be like a nine you know high 80s 90s guy he yeah, yeah. throws up a 39 on the front Ooh, Come on. went like birdie birdie par par to finish the front nine and then kind of limped home but i think he shot 82 with with 39 on the front couple birdies i mean throwing darts in, in, into holes playing you know we played the number four tees which are like the back tees for the members he played phenomenal i played like shit but then bounce back uh bounce back saturday out on long island on a much more forgiving golf course golf course than uh bolt stroll it looked like you piped it on the first tee though i didn't he outdrove me i kind of i didn't kill it but he outdrove me yeah and you guys are playing some golf (laughs) yeah i was was like I was like, I'm. I have to like actually do my job at some point this week, so I'm gonna work on Friday. And then at eleven, my dad goes, "Need one twelve twenty. I was like, "Tied on this one." Yeah. Yeah. It's not in our DNA to say no to Baltusrol. Come on. Um, I was eating lunch in the next twenty minutes over at Baltusrol. It was amazing. Nice, yeah. nice. I have to quickly tell a story about Saturday. It was another team event, so my third of October, and then playing another one next week um but fun format it's uh three different six hole things so it's six holes of scramble at Wachung, um and then uh six holes of pinehurst format and then six holes of just best ball so me and my buddy matt last year we did this and we were in the lead going into the ninth hole and we this was a modified alternate shot we put up a nine on the par three ninth hole at watch young so Ooh. you know we we had revenge on our minds and of course we were in the lead again um after six holes now we were the first group off so you know big asterisks there are only about eight groups on the course but three under through six 
okay. made a, a seven on number seven and and then on 10 I, so i completely forgot how to hit a bunker shot it, i mean mm-hmm. my bunker Happens. game has been yeah. dialed but i like forgot the concept that you have to hit behind the ball and like take some sand out so i just fucking kept blading it into the woods and i was like i don't know what i'm doing oh just lean a little forward works every time wait forward yeah i feel like i was leaning back too. yeah that's what matt said he's like dude you're literally hitting right at the ball you have to hit behind it i was like well, yeah. you could have told me that a couple holes ago <laughs> so then it turned into a drinking day it was brutal so yeah it's not the worst thing in the world we had, we had a nice drinking day at sites which i usually isn't the case you're usually just so bundled up and you know you can't really enjoy anything but we were we got it going early so that was that was fun um all right Let's get to our NFL picks. But before we do that, a little MLB reminder here. Jump on the bandwagon because the NLCS on TBS and Max is finally here. Watch the biggest stars in the National League battle for a spot in the World Series on TBS and Max. Damn, I nailed that again. Let's go Rangers. Range. Oh, let's go Rangers for sure. And Chapman almost did it again last night. Did you see that? LGR. Really? Yeah, he almost gave a two-run homer to Bregman. I honestly Dude. didn't even know that he's still playing, but he's <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. No one has given up more big home The dude caught it at the wall. It was like one of the that's, catches of the year to that's save. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Well, they're they're doomed then at some point. But <laughs> uh, that's uh, we want them to beat the Astros, obviously. And, and congrats to our last week's guest, Jimmy Rollins. His Phillies obviously took out mm. Braves. So were, I had no idea the Diamondbacks were even in the playoffs. I mean, they were a joke <laughs> a couple of years ago, and they're in the they're in the NLCS. So again, check it out, TBS and Max. Maybe I'll even tune in, watch a little baseball. Once the Yankees go south, I kind of uh, get off it, but uh, definitely rooting for the Rangers. Um, I, I know, I know, I've told you this. I was in Texas the only time I've been in Texas when they lost to the Cardinals in that Game Seven, mm-hmm. and I was out at a bar with friends, and a couple were. I mean. It would have been the greatest party of all time. And instead, it was like the biggest dagger. I mean, Josh Hamilton hit the home run to take that. This was before the extra innings. Mm-hmm. Like, to take the lead in extra innings, it was over. Oh, God. That is the worst when you're going to just join the – Oh, my God. Um, join the greatest party. I've been at, I went to a West Virginia game. TCU yeah. was, like, number three in the nation. Halloween – Oh boy. West Virginia up one with like 30 seconds. We're thinking like this is gonna we're gonna burn the campus yeah. down. TCU kicks a field goal. It was like the most dead night. We went yeah. back to my buddy's house. We just kind of like sipped on beer. It was awful. We were going from burning couches to yeah. like one we should just go home now. It was it sucked. At least you avoid potential arrest. Yeah, possible possible jail time. Was- All right, NFL, NFL picks. How'd we do? Let's get, let's do this quick this week. Um, Again. I mean, we are on as a squad, like a ridiculous stretch. I wish we bet them all. Um, Steve actually went one and two this week. He was on the Falcons. Um, Oh, I beat him then. Crossfire. Uh, No, No, that was, that was was last week. My bad. (laughs) Steve's on the Falcons and the Colts. Uh, We were, all on Cleveland at the worst possible number. It got up. Unbelievable. It got up to nine. And I actually remember saying it's probably going to go 
the other direction right, right, right. and plays, but obviously he did not. We won anyway. We won anyway. We're all on that. Screw your CLV, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unreal. Um, so Steve went one and two. I went two and one with the Browns, the Jets outright, and I lost on the Broncos by a half point last Thursday night. Oh, disgraceful loss. Um, as a lesson to everyone, stop betting Thursday night football. But I'm going to go right back to it this week. We'll get to that in a minute. What did I go? What did I go? Three and oh, Myers. Wow. Cleveland outright. Houston outright. Miami almost got back doored, but then finished it off. Yes. By yes. 21. yes. So three and oh for Myers. That means I'm in first at 11 and seven. And you two are tied for second at 10, seven and one. Wow. Amazing records. Amazing. All right. So we do. Steve, Steve kicks it off. He kicks it. Okay. All right. Um, I am going to start off with uh, the Eagles. That's Sunday night football. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're home host in Miami. Um, obviously coming off a, a tough loss to the Jets, but I mean, Philly at night, that's a really tough place to play for Miami. So um, I like them to bounce back. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with the Bears at home. Uh, getting three. Against the Raiders, it looks like that line is is ticking up. So, um, you know, you, you might want to wait for the, the better number. Um, we don't have that luxury here. So, yeah, I, I feel like the Raiders are, you know, they've gotten a little lucky. The variance has been on their side. So, give me Chicago plus three. Man, um, I guess I'm going to go back. No, it's going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with Baltimore. I feel like the public side would be Detroit getting three, but on the road, yeah, I, I feel like I'm getting Baltimore. Mm, they're coming off the London game. No. All right. I'm going Browns minus two uh, in Indianapolis. Browns are good us this week. There you go. Browns, Bears, and Eagles. Nice. Um, yeah, that's this is a tough week. I'm still in fire, no big deal. I was on the Bills last night, so you could imagine how confused I was on the last play of what what to, obviously I wanted the I thought it would have been a hilarious win and maybe even turn their season around, but part of me was like, you know, there's 1200 bucks on the line here in Survivor and the Bills were supposed to win by 30, so that, oh, that was pretty, Yeah, that's right. Wow. That was a pretty wild one. We had a couple Eagles people get knocked out, so it's down to 10. Um, but this looks like a really hard week for Survivor, and obviously we've we've all picked six teams, but we're doing picks this week. I'm going to the Falcons plus two and a half. I think everybody saw Ritter throw three picks. Everybody saw the Bucks kind of get embarrassed at home. They'll be expecting a bounce back. I like the Falcons divisional game. And the Falcons see every game seems to be literally within that one to three point window. If had they scored on Sunday, they probably would have lost by two. So they play close games. I, I I like them getting two and a half there. I just said don't bet Thursday night football, and this is probably a huge sucker bet, but the Jags are like, I think, a top team in the league, and they're getting one against the Saints. I know that's a tough place to play, um, but the Saints are so like, bleh to me, and the Jags are cooking, and they're one of the best teams in the league, I think. So I'm going to go with the Jags on Thursday night. And then this is probably also suckery, but Bills minus nine against the Patriots are terrible. Mac Jones stinks. Stink. Bills were coming off that London game last night. The Giants, that was the Giants Super Bowl, literally last real 
gasp there. So that was just a weird spot for the Bills. I think we'll see them absolutely roll the Patriots next week. So the Jets win, and they're only given nine. Bills, Falcons, Jags. Wow. We might have a, I don't know, this might be the first time. I might do a double crossfire against mm. Wow. I'm actually going to go Saints at home Thursday night. Wow. Um, I don't know why. I just I just like the home team on on the, the Thursday, yeah. obviously. Um, I'm going, then the other one, I was at, because it, it just makes no sense. The Patriots stink. I'm going to take them with the, wow. I'm going to take them. Maybe they make a move at QB. Maybe that sparks them. Something. That is what I'm scared of. They, apparently this Cunningham dude from Louisville. Right. Is, Something just to mix it up. Yeah. I'll take the nine at home. Kind of crazy. A Belichick team is getting that many at home, but I mean, they do stink. And then God, I would actually go giants, but I made my rule not to do it, <laughs> not to do them again. Oh, definitely thought about it. Yeah. So I'm not doing that. I like where Steve was going with Eagles. Where was something else? I'm not going to do that one though. There was some, one other one that caught my attention. Um, man, what was it? I'm getting confused now. I think it's going to be the Ravens. Hey, there you go. Is that with you or against? Yeah, you? it's with me too. With you, okay. Yeah, I. No, you. No, you called it off, Steve. He went. To- ah, shoot. Okay, there you okay. go. Yeah, I okay. will be betting it though, so I like yeah. it. Oh yeah, because of the London, you were scared about them coming. Yeah, up. yeah. I just don't think the Ravens. They're again. They're the team I've been on for the over for the whole year. I just don't think they've played well yet. I think they're due for a good game. I know. I know. Lions have been great, but I don't doubt them. But I think the Ravens do it at home, or at least yeah. get me a get me a push. Push is a win. Those are my three. Yeah, Ravens should have scored like 50 points yesterday. I had them team total, so I was watching intently. And right. uh, they kicked like nine field goals. It was brutal. That first half that was great. That yep. was pretty swift free. So Awesome. Um, all right, and then quickly, uh, golf. We got the Zozo again. Limited field. Um, it's kind of the big event of the, of the fall. It's in Japan, though, which makes it interesting. Um, our boy Dylan Wu is is in the field. He got he got to get over there early. Unfortunately, he missed the cup, but he did did get to get over there early, get a little extra practice in. If if that helps you at all with something, um, what do you guys think? Uh, looking at, I think the- it's Keegan. Yeah, it's Keegan just for the just for the golf Twitter content. I think that's my my play this week. If he he's obviously won here before. Um, did he win or did he finish second? He won. He won. Yeah. yeah. Um, good history. Plenty of motivation, obviously. I think it would be would be quite funny to see him win coming off that U.S. Ryder Cup loss. And it's 25 to 1, pretty good value in this uh, small field for a guy who's got good history at this course. Yeah, right. he also played in that uh, final group with Tiger when Tiger yes, won here. Right. So he, he's got great history here. Um, love that. I'm, I'm going to be on Keegan. Um, I saw a couple people talking up Cam Champ, who – has had a good couple weeks. He mm. has an eighth place finish here. Mm. Also has another top finish mm. in Asia. I think it was last year. So obviously likes playing over here. 75 to one Ooh, cam wow. champ. You know, what we see is you have to be a really good driver of the ball and just ball striking is, is huge. Um, and you know, bad putters could do decent here. Keegan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. I think you got to go cam champ. Uh, who else? Who else? I mean, Kirk Kitayama is kind of in that 
category. We haven't seen him in a long time. I don't know. Yeah, if what happened to him? Tours. He was so hot early in the season. We yeah. won a big hill, right? And then, yeah, I haven't seen much from him. But 60 to 1 as an absolute flusher seems somewhat interesting. Haven't bet that yet, but that's possible. Um, and then, you know, these other just like long drivers, great ball strikers, Nikolai Hogard, uh, Thomas Dietrich. Keith Mitchell, Vincent Norman, like I'll bet one or two of those guys probably. Um, and Sung Jay has been playing good golf too. Apparently, he just yeah. lost in a playoff uh, this weekend um, on one of uh, on another tour. But um, yeah, a ball striking clinic is Sung Jay. So those are the early leans thus far. So Keegan for sure, that's a good yeah, call. I like that because you're right. I mean, this is a it's a small field and yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but you go to the bottom of the board, there's a lot of just kind of dead weight in here. That's not, <laughs> that does not have a chance. Although that dude, Trevor Werbelow was, was, uh, he, played he was great. cooking. Yeah. He was cooking with Lexi. He's 800 to one, uh, which is interesting, but yeah, there's a lot of guys down here that just, you know, are going to win. So it's, it's a very small field, um, uh, of guys with a chance. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I like that. I like that, uh, Keegan. That would be a hell of a narrative. Oh man! Exciting cool. news! Do you see the hero field? Who's in? Who's in? Came out? Yeah, who's in it? Willie Z back. Oh, back. No way. Yeah. That's big. Nice. Wow, Willie Z. I heard that he was going to play another like legit yeah. fall event too. Maybe but we haven't seen him yet. Um, okay, so, so maybe. This- yeah. It's a positive. Yeah, for sure. It is a positive. And, and it looks like Ricky and Justin Thomas got the tournament exemption so far. There's going to be another exemption, which could be Tiger. You never know. Mm. We, we hope he keeps that spot open for himself if he's feeling it. Obviously, I don't know about that. We're still thinking. I think. He's been playing the part three courses, right? The hay. We, we saw him taking golf swings. Yes. Yeah, taking golf swings. But yeah, you got Scotty, Hovland, Cantley, Xander. Um, that's going to be that's a heck of a field. Wow, Will's out Torres. That's exciting news. Be great. To see that. Um, okay, awesome. Well, good times. Great guests. Thanks as always to our producer Greg Gottfried. Um, thanks for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and uh, check back next week. I don't want to tease it too much. We got another. I'll just say another big time guest. Emphasis on big. That's the end. See ya.